during vacation Bible school this year, uh, the theme was out of Ephesians 2.10. And it said, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. And so each day we looked at different ways that, that we are created in Christ Jesus and how we are uh, do, wanting to do the good works that God has prepared ahead of time for us to do. Uh, and so the, the theme this year was based out of Ephesians 2.10 about how we are God's workmanship, how we are God's masterpiece. And, we th- and last week, preached about that. Uh, today what we're going to do is kind of look through the different days what we looked at. Um, and so we were created, we're designed, and we're empowered in Jesus. And that's what, that's what it was all about this week. So on day one, if you can go to the next, yeah. On day one, we looked at how God is the creator. How God is the marvelous creator. We wanted the kids to know, and we want you to know, that God created everything on purpose. That God created everything with creativity. That, that God didn't just make everything he also made us to be creative. He made us to also create, just like he, how he made us in his image. And so if you want to turn with me to Psalm 104, I invite you to do that. And in Psalm 104, we, we see this whole chapter is about how King David is praising the God of creation. He's, he's praising the Lord. He is praising the marvelous Creator. And, and through this psalm, there's so many ways that you can look out your window or you can, you can look at a sunset or you can see the different ways that God is creative. And, and David said, Praise the Lord, my soul. Lord, my God, You are very great and You are clothed with splendor and majesty. The Lord wraps Himself in light like a garment, and stretches out in the heaven like a tent. And he laid the, the beams of his upper chambers on the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot, and rides on the wings of the wind. He makes wind his messengers, flames of fire his servants. He set the earth on its foundation, and it can never be moved. And then he goes into all this imagery of all these birds, all these mountains, all these different ways that we can look out and see that God is creative. That God is the creator and he is marvelous. Uh, even through uh, weather and through uh, oceans. Lots of ways, here it is. Uh, then in, in verse 24... David says, how many are your works, O Lord? Or how countless are your works? There are too many to count. And in wisdom, you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. And so that was a verse we looked at that, that God was, that, that King David, who God made to be king, instead of taking on the, instead of saying, Hey, look at me, I'm the king. I'm the king of God's people. And I'm better than King Saul that, was, that disobeyed God. I'm, look at me. He didn't do any of that. He's, he was pointing back to who is the creator, who is God, 
and how God is marvelous and how God, His ways are countless and His deeds, that all the things that He did, are, you, you can't even count them. They're so good. Uh, and and the, he, he ends this psalm, he ends this psalm in the uh, last couple of verses of Psalm 104, saying, May my meditation be pleasing to Him. And as I rejoice in the Lord, but many, but sorry, but may sinners vanish from the earth, and the wicked be no more. Praise the Lord, my soul. Praise the Lord. And so he, he's saying he wants that whatever he's thinking, whatever he's doing, to be pleasing to the Lord, the Creator, and and that can be for us too. What may our meditations of our heart be pleasing to the Lord, the, the Creator. Whatever we are thinking about, whatever we are trying to do, that it would be according, it would be pleasing to the Lord. So that was kind of what we looked at for the first day, and I and I, um, I hope I hope that's a really a good concept that we can just really easily grasp that God is the Creator, that God is the Creator, but He didn't just create things; He created people. And He created people to be in His image. And so we are His image bearers. He wants us to show other people how He is good. And how, just like King David, that we reflect back to Him. We point, we give praise to Jesus. Praise the Lord. Uh, and so then the next day, we kind of, we, we took a, a next, the next step in saying instead of just God the Creator, Looked at God as the designer, and and I like that we sang a lot of really cool songs this week. One of them um, was "How Marvelous," uh, and, and talking about how marvelous God is as the Creator and how He made us. And and then we looked at how God designed us and designed us to have mouths to sing and and eyes to see and ears to to hear and hands and feet. And if you were here on Friday night you saw uh, the kids singing those songs, and that was, that was really neat. But just getting those truths in, in each of us. And I think sometimes we think, maybe we think, that's, yeah, that's just for kids to remember, know that and learn that. But no, that's for us too as adults, right? It's not just the teachers that were talking about this. It, all of us, if we believe in, in the Lord, then we should be praising with our mouth. We should be, our meditation should be pleasing to the Lord. The, the, the way that we think and the way that we act should be remembering that God is the creator and that God is the designer. God who uniquely designed us for his purpose. So like in Ephesians 2.10, that we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are created for good works to do what God wanted, what he prepared for us ahead of time. So, and we looked at, at, at King David again, but this time in 1 Samuel 16, it was actually before he became the king. So we went a little bit out of chronological order here. But in 1 Samuel 16, it's, it's the part where, where prophet, the prophet Samuel, he is told by God that he needs to go anoint a new king over Israel. Because the first king... Saul was not obeying what God wanted. 
he, was, he, was, he had turned from the Lord. He had turned from God. And so Samuel the prophet is, is sent to a, a man's house named Jesse. And Jesse had a whole bunch of kids. And God didn't tell Samuel ahead of time which kid he was going to anoint to be the new king of Israel. And so Samuel just made some good assumptions, some kind of human assumptions of which king, which, which son would be the new king. And so in 1 Samuel 16, Jesse has this meal with Samuel, and Jesse has most of his sons there. And, and so he has each son, one at a time, come before Samuel. And Samuel is in this, he is very clearly talking to, to the Lord. And, and each time a, a son comes before, before Samuel, Samuel says, oh wow, look at this guy. This guy, oh God, this, this has to be the new king. Because look, he is strong, he's tall, he's everything that people are going to be excited about to be a new king. People are going to rally behind him. And each time, God said, not him. Not him. In, in verse 7 of 1 Samuel 16, it says that the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look outward, at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so as we see that God is the designer, that God is, is preparing people for what He wants them to do, He wants to, people to have a heart for Him. And, and, and during this story that Samuel is, is trying to see who's going to be the new king, which one of Jesse's seven sons there at the table, and they're each coming forth. What is, what is the little shepherd boy, or we don't know how old he was, but how David was out with the, with the sheep. And his dad didn't even think enough, didn't think that David was important enough to come in when the prophet Samuel was going to visit them for a meal. And finally, finally Samuel asked Jesse, do you have any other sons? <laughs> None of, the, like, none of these are supposed to be the king. And I know God told me to come here and anoint one of your sons to be the king. And I know you have seven sons that you just showed me, but you must have another one. Do you have another one? I mean, that's probably kind of an awkward thing to ask somebody. Do you have any more sons? <laughs> I mean, I know people start asking us questions like that when you have a lot of kids. <laughs> Do you have any more kids? Or can you stop having kids? Or like, I don't know. But like, but Jesse is like, yeah I, have, yeah, I have another one, but he's out in the field. <laughs> like, why would he come in? Like, you're anointing one of these, these better sons to be the king. Not David, the shepherd boy. The one that's out there playing with the sheep. The one that's playing on his harp. Being creative and making up songs and praising God. Not him. But God was using that time. He was preparing David. He was after someone's heart. God is looking for people that, that love Him with all their heart. That's what Jesus said, remember? Jesus said, what's the greatest command? It's to love 
the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, right? Love your heart. Love with all your heart. And love, really love with everything. And so we, we saw that, and I hope that you see that, is that we need to not just try to love God with all our heart, but when we have time, instead of being on our phones, unless it's like the Bible app or you know, something that's going to help you, instead of, just, instead of just looking for ways to fill our time, I mean, David was sitting around with the sheep. He had a lot of time. And what was he doing with a lot of his time? He was in relationship with the Lord. His creator, his designer. And he was praising him. He, I don't know if someone taught him how to play the different instruments or, or taught him how to, to write a psalm, but a lot of the psalms that we have in our Bible are from David. And what was he doing? He was just praising the Lord. He was just being real with God. And he didn't have the best life. Up until that point, he was just hanging out with the sheep. So if you're hanging out with the sheep, maybe literally you're hanging out with the sheep, I don't know. Maybe you're not. But if you're... I see myself so often, I pull out my phone. Any five-second break, I have a chance. Oh, i got to do something. Oh, i got to pull out my phone and see what's going on. These things, these things can be good. But let's... It's, maybe it's not just your phone. Whatever it is that's causing you to not spend time just loving on Jesus, loving God our Creator, the One is designing us, is calling us for His purpose. Whatever His purpose is, how are we supposed to know His purpose if we're not spending time with Him? All right. That was day two. Moving on to, to day three. This is where we, we see Jesus. So we looked at King David as the king being creative. We looked at King David, how God prepared and, and planned for him to be the king that would be after his heart. And then 800 or 1,000 years later, Jesus, a descendant of David, the true descendant of the line of David, who had every right to take the throne, he is the king. And so we see after three years of ministry where Jesus is teaching people, where Jesus is performing miracles, where Jesus is, is, is living a different way than all other rabbis lived. He was doing and saying things so differently than anybody else. And his followers were saying, you must be the Son of God. You must be the Messiah, the one we were waiting on, the one we were, well, the one that we have wanted and prayed for to come and save us. And how, as King David, he, you know, Samuel had poured oil on his head to, to declare that he is the chosen one. He will be the new king of Israel. And Jesus. He then had, he came into the city. He came into the, the, the city of Jerusalem. And he had a following. And this following, and so we looked at kind of the Palm Sunday story in Matthew 21, where Jesus 
has someone, has his disciples, go get a, get a colt. Get a, a donkey that's never been ridden. And go let him ride this donkey. And the people were getting excited and they were cheering and they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. They were wanting Jesus to literally save them. Hosanna means save us. They wanted to be saved. That's exactly what Jesus wanted to do. Except His plan was for all people, not just the Israelites. His plan was for all people that He would save. All people that would choose to trust in Him. And so in, in Matthew 21, we see that Jesus, as He's riding on this donkey, and the people are bowing, or taking off their cloaks and putting them in the road. And people are waving palm branches. And people are getting excited. Jesus is the one that's going to save us. He's the King. He's going to come in and, and take the throne. He's going to kick out the Romans finally. People are getting excited. But Jesus knew that just a few days later, these same people that were so excited for Him to come in as the King, come in as, as the one that was promised to save, these same people would also be chanting, Crucify! Crucify Him! So, where are we? Are we saying, Jesus, save us the way I want you to save me? Save me according to my plan? Save me from the, the bad things that are in my life right now? I don't think it's wrong to pray those prayers. But it's wrong if, if those prayers are more important than what God wants to do. And so Jesus wanted to come in not to, not to sit on the earthly throne right there. Not to kick out the Romans and restore the nation of Israel. He came to save the people. He came to save the people not just then, and not just before Him, but in, now and in, in the future. 2,000 years later, we trust in this Jesus alone. We trust in Him for our, as, as our Lord and our Savior. And so when the people were saying, Hosanna, the Son of David. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. They were praising and honoring Jesus. But they were praising and honoring Jesus the way they wanted to. Even though, I mean, this is good. This is good. We can praise Jesus. We can praise Him for being the King. The true King. The true line of David. And we can ask Jesus to save us. We can ask Jesus to save us from whatever circumstance we're in. Whatever hardship we're in. Whatever you think of our, our nation, our politics, or whatever. We, we can ask Jesus to save us. But we're not in charge. We are not the King. We are not God. He knows better. And He has a better plan than what we come up with. And so as we see, as we saw Jesus as the King, then a few days later, 
and we went through this the next day in day four, we saw that Jesus is also the Redeemer. He's the King who laid down His life. He's the King that suffered a criminal's death. He's the one that, that went to a Roman cross. The very Romans that the people wanted Him to get rid of, He went to a Roman cross and was spit on and mocked by Roman soldiers. But the people were the ones that wanted Him to die. The people were the ones that were getting, wanting Him out of there. Because He didn't come to save me. I wanted Him to save me now. I wanted Him to save us now. Do we ever think that about God? Come on, God, where were you? How could you let this happen? Fill in the blank, whatever that is. How could you let this happen? We see a school shooting or, or a, a war. We, we, how can you let this happen? If, if you're good, then this won't happen. God's ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And sometimes we're just not going to understand everything. But we do know that this world is affected by sin in every way. And so we can be excited about a new day when Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords and every knee will bow on heaven and on, under the earth everywhere that Jesus is Lord. And we can be excited about that day because on that day, there's not going to be wars. There's not going to be school shootings. There's not going to be chaos. There's not going to be problems because on that day, Jesus is going to make all things new and He's going to be in charge. But now, before that day comes, we don't know if that day is today or another day. We, we don't know when it is. But whenever, before that day, we need to know that Jesus is the, the one that came to redeem. He came to buy back what was lost. I, I love that Susie Oyer was helping me this week in, with the 5th and 6th grade. And, and she, just right on the spot, gave a great example about what it means to redeem. Because we, I asked the kids, you guys know, because Jesus, the Redeemer, you know, Jesus came to, Jesus came to, or fulfilled God's plan to save us. But what does it mean? What's the word redeem mean? And they, they had lots of answers that kind of seemed churchy and stuff. But, you know, Christianese, you know, they're trying, I, I could tell. But what does it mean to redeem? Because I think it's important to understand that word. And we talked about how redeem, and she gave this story about, you know, it was a fictitious story, but she said, you know, if she, because of whatever reason, the gas prices are so high or whatever, if she went to a pawn shop and she sold her ring, she didn't want to, but she needed the money. And later on, when gas prices went down or she, whatever the case was, she... She wasn't in such a financial burden. She wanted that ring because that ring was important to her. And so she went to that pawn shop and they still had the ring and she paid the price and she bought it back. So she said, I redeemed that ring. What a great example. Great example. So the, the kids understood and, and we can understand... I, 
let's not just say words, throw out words and not really fully understand what they mean. But Jesus bought us back. But Jesus, didn't, he, he, could, he could have just said, okay, we're good. We're good. But no, then that didn't justify the sin problem. He had to pay the price. He had to pay the price of sin. And so Jesus, we looked at how in Luke 23 and 24, Jesus willingly went to the cross. And not because He wanted physical pain or separation from His Father, but He loved you and I so much that He gave His life as a payment of sin so that He could redeem us to be in relationship with Him again. So He could redeem us and restore us. It says in in 2 Corinthians that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. But did Jesus come to save everyone? Yes or no? Yes? No? Yeah, He did come to save everyone. But is everyone saved? No. There we go. There we go. (laughs) Jesus came to save everyone. But people have to accept the gift of salvation. It's free. But many people don't want to accept it. Because they don't want to have to live according to the way Jesus wants them to live. And that's very sad. But that that is what we are faced with in this world. And Jesus is the Redeemer. The one that paid the price. He came to fulfill and offer that free gift of salvation. And we just need to continue to pray. As we've been the last several weeks, encouraging you to to meet your neighbors. Encouraging you to pray for your neighbors. And not just literal next door neighbors, but people that you see. People that you encounter. People that you see on a regular basis. and Whether it's at work or at school. Wherever it is, in different sports clubs, or I don't know what you guys do, but that's where I have a lot of softball games right now. And wherever, wherever it is, we see our neighbors We want to pray for them. We want them to know the Gospel. We want them to know the heart of Jesus. That Jesus didn't just come and say, everybody is good. No, He suffered and died. He came to to redeem and save people and give people a chance to be with Him. Not just now, but for all eternity. And so we can continue to pray for our our neighbors. And I wanted to, to, to say this about our neighbors. Next week, we're having a Father's Day picnic. And there's a great opportunity for you. We have these cards out there in the back. Pick up a card, and even we also have some cookies. Pick up a plate of cookies. Pick up a card. Go hand it to one of your neighbors. Somebody that you've been praying for. Or maybe somebody you're just meeting. But go meet people. Go tell people, hey, I have some cookies for you. We, we have a whole bunch of plates of cookies out there. We want those gone. And we don't want you guys just to eat them all. <laughs> we want you guys to go be neighbors to people. Give cookies to people. And let them know, hey, we're having a Father's Day picnic where lots of fun things are happening. We're providing hamburgers and hot dogs for people. We want you guys to bring sides and desserts. But we want, people, we want your neighbors to come without thinking, what do I need to bring? We just want them to come. We want them to come and we want them to worship with us. 
We want them to, to meet you guys. We want them to see the Christians, that the God's family is family, that we are worshiping the true King. And then we have some, uh, a whole bunch of games, including a dunk tank. So we're going to need some people to volunteer, some dads to volunteer to, to sit in the dunk tank for people to throw uh, balls, at, not at them, but at the thing that pulls, splashes them in the water. But we have a dunk tank. We have lots of different things, water games, cornhole, lots of, lots of different ways that you can, you can have fun, but you can also have a great way to invite people to come to this. Okay? And I know it's going to be a little warmer next week, but hey, guess what? We're going to be sitting in the shade if we sit close enough to the trees. <laughs> so uh, that's for next week. So I know we've been talking about inviting your neighbors. We know, I know you've been talking about having a block party, getting, getting to know people. Do, keep doing those things. Keep getting to know. Keep praying for people. But as we get to know people, let's, let's invite them to things. And there's, this is a great opportunity. Another great opportunity is if you like playing Ultimate Frisbee. We're playing today. Invite some people to come play with us. Right? So there's just different opportunities, but we need to be intentional. Remember that one? Intentional. We need to be intentional neighbors. Yeah. It takes some intention. It takes some fearlessness. It takes going out, getting out of our comfort zone, and handing people cookies. We try to make it as easy as possible, guys. Come on. Just hand people cookies. All right? Hand people cookies. That, that's a, that's, that makes it easy. A lot easier. Even if you've met somebody, if you haven't met somebody in a long time, hand them some cookies. Hey, just wanted to get to know you. All right? All right, so that's for next week. And we're, I'm excited about being outside, out there, having fun, uh, worshiping together outside. The last day of VBS, we on Friday. We talked about how the Holy Spirit is God's helper given to each person that trusts in Jesus. Now the Holy Spirit is not helping people that don't trust Jesus. He is, he is guiding people to Jesus' heart. Guiding people to salvation. But as far as empowering, He empowers only the followers of Jesus Christ. He empowers us to follow God's plan. And so, we can read all about this in the first couple of chapters of Acts, but in Acts uh, 1 and 2, just really quick, we see that, that the Holy Spirit, is he, is he comes. And He comes in flames of fire. And He comes, and he's, He wants... Well, first of all, the Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a, he is a part of the Trinity. The Father the Son, and the Spirit. And the Spirit is the one that Jesus talked about over and over, especially like in, in John 14 and John 17. He's talking about the Helper. The one that's going to help you remember how to trust Jesus. How to obey what God wants. How to follow God's plan. And so, as far as us, if you trust Jesus, if you've given your life to Jesus, you, should know, you, would, you will know the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is the part of God that we say, Jesus is in my heart. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what is with you physically. And He guides us. And He teaches us. And He helps us remember 
God's truth. He helps us to do what is right. But guess what? If we neglect the Holy Spirit, if we, if we hear the Holy Spirit telling us something, we're like, no, 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 I'm not going to, uh, that's too hard. I don't want to take a plate of cookies to my neighbors. No, I, 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 I just, no, I can't, I can't talk to them. I don't want to tell them about Jesus. I don't want to, or, or even just a sin problem, I would rather do this sin than choose what, than, than to obey what you're telling me, Spirit. When we neglect the Holy Spirit, when we disregard what the Spirit of God is telling us, it gets harder and harder to discern and hear the Spirit of God. So maybe you, maybe you think, I haven't heard the Holy Spirit's voice in a long time. I, I, I prayed the prayer and I've, and I've walked with Jesus a long time, but I, haven't, I don't remember the Spirit of God's voice. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know what he sounds like. I don't know if he's telling me stuff or it's just Jiminy Cricket or my conscious or what. But I don't remember. I don't remember his voice. He wants to tell you stuff. But we have to obey. And so if that's you and you haven't heard the Holy Spirit's voice, then I encourage you to pray this prayer of saying, Jesus, I pray that whatever is causing me to not be in relationship with you or that's blocking the relationship I have with you, whatever sin that maybe I don't realize or maybe I do realize, but we need to confess those sins. And then ask Jesus to help you to hear the Holy Spirit's voice again. And I hope, that's, I hope that's not for any of you, but it happens to me sometimes in my life where I've not heard the Holy Spirit in a while. And it's because I have unconfessed sin. And so if that's you, please, please be right with the Lord. Confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us of all, all of our sin. It says that in 1 John. So the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to help. He's going to guide so we, we are, can be really thankful because Jesus said that one is greater than I is coming. One that is, you want me to leave physically, he was telling his disciples, so that you have the Holy Spirit to guide you. So do we, are we excited that the Holy Spirit guides us? Are we listening to the Holy Spirit's voice? I don't know, but that's my encouragement to you. VBS was a, was a really good week, and I was really excited and really tired <laughs> getting to teach fifth and sixth graders, and I didn't see the other kids as much because I was really focused on that one group of a lot of energy. <laughs> um, but I was really excited that at the end of the time, I gave them, I gave them uh, feedback forms, and many of them gave me feedback that they, they had already received Jesus or they had this week. And so... I was so encouraged by that. I was so thankful that as you guys have been praying, as you guys have been helping, I mean, whether you volunteered, you were here every day, working out in the parking lot, or you were teaching, maybe you were helping with kids or sound or whatever you were doing, we appreciated it. And good work happened because of what you did. And maybe, you, maybe all you did was pray. I hope you don't think all I can do is pray because that's, the most important thing you can do. The most important thing anyone can do is to pray. 
And so thank you for those in our congregation that was, were faithful in prayer for VBS. Faithful that, that, for that the kids would come to Jesus. That the kids would understand and know Jesus. And understand that God is the designer. And He's the creator. And that Jesus is the king. And that Jesus has redeemed. And He gives us His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to help us to live a life that's pleasing to Him. So thank you for praying. Thank you for volunteering. I think this week was a super big success. I was excited to finally see an in-person um, Friday night uh, uh, program. So that was the first time I've got to see that. Uh, and it was just, as Mark said earlier, you probably, if you listen closely to the walls, you can probably still hear the excitement from the kids. And so keep praying. Keep praying for these kids. Keep praying that, that what God did this week He's like, that's just seeds. And we can keep watering them. If you know kids that were here, keep praying for them by name. Keep, keep being intentional. If you see them places in town or wherever, talk to them. Be, be fearless. Be intentional. All right? All right, and lastly, just wanted to make sure that we heard about the, the offering uh, that was going to Samaritan's Purse and with their work in the, the country of Ukraine. Um, Mark said earlier that, that we can, if you write a check and put the memo line, something on VBS. Uh, I think, I don't, when are, we, when are we done with taking those? Okay, so you can still send them to the church office this week. Thank you, Susie. So if you still have a heart to, to give towards uh, what Samaritan's Purse is doing in Ukraine to help people... Um, have resources and, and know about Jesus in a crisis time, in a war time, um, then you can still send that in. Um, and I was really excited. The, the kids, I think, during the week raised over $1,600. And then on Friday night was about 3600 right? Oh, total. Okay, so total. So another 2000 came in on, on Friday night. So about 3600 total is what so far is being sent unless you want to send more. So we are excited that what God is doing in, those, in the, the ministry of Samaritan's Purse, helping them. So if you still wanted to help with that, uh, please still do that. All right, well, let's, let's uh, close in prayer today. Lord, we thank you for the work that you did this week. We thank you for the kids. We thank you for the teachers. Thank you for all the volunteers for... Uh, the snacks for the Friday night program, for, for how things went with even the weather. God, we thank you that we saw fruits. And God, we pray that we would just continue to be a light to these kids. We pray that we would continue to be intentional and, and, and seeking them out and, being, and showing them how they can grow. And not just accept you, Jesus, but then have a life learning to trust you and hearing your spirit and being led by your spirit. So Lord, we just uh, ask that you would continue to give us opportunities. God, you'd help us to be bold, that we could be good neighbors, that we could share cookies and share you with people uh, that, that come into our path or live near us, Lord. We pray uh, just that we would see next week would be just a really good week of kids and people coming and having fun at the Father's Day picnic. 
to pray even for this uh, ultimate Frisbee uh, that's going to be happening a few times this summer, that there would be some, some families or kids that would come uh, to this, this place and get to know people that trust you and love you. And so Lord, we just pray for whatever you want us to do, that we would be obedient to your plan, to your purpose. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.